I can't believe we're getting married. Shit, we have to plan a wedding. Okay, take a deep breath. Relax. We got you. I'm Chris Serna. And I'm Ashley Aiken. And we are your wedding vendor besties, giving you permission to ditch tradition. This is your day, and we're here to give you permission to do things your way. Together, let's make your wedding intentional as fuck. You are listening to The Bridal Breakdown. Hey everybody, welcome to season two, episode nine of the podcast. Ashley and I had actually started recording a different episode, and we were gonna we were reading an article, and then got to the end of the article and realized this isn't a good <laughs> a good conversation. It went the wrong. It went it, not that it went the wrong way. It just did not go the way we were thinking the article but, would go. But it. In that conversation, it actually sparked another thought with like, what if we talk about this? Because it definitely brought up a couple things. So we decided to scrap that and just to dive into a very candid conversation today about uh, a topic. Uh, But before we talk about that topic, we just have a couple of housekeeping things, a couple things to remind you of. Uh, We have a Patreon that you can support the show in and with. you basically will find the link in the show notes, and if you support us at the $5 tier or the $9 tier, you get access to weekly episodes, uh, a Zoom hangout, or it's not a Zoom hangout, it's a virtual hangout, because uh, we're actually using something that's not yeah, Zoom. Yeah, it's a wild program, but it's really fun. Like it, We're like in little lounges. I don't know how it to makes explain it, it. It makes it feel less business. Ashley brought up the really good point that like no one wants to have Zoom hangouts anymore. Like. Everyone's over them. Well, they just feel so stiff. Corporate. You yeah. can't, multiple people can't really talk at the same time at all. Like it, you don't it feel, feel it like It feels like more can. of a speech, like a lecture yeah. that you're just not really inactive. So we have a real cool thing, real cool program that we're using, website that we found to kind of make the conversations feel better. We had an amazing time last month. Anyways, if you have any interest at all at, and actually... Here's, I don't know if you know this, uh, but two of the brides actually that are in our Patreon actually messaged each other and ended up going out and having coffee or they were no supposed way. to. Yeah. I don't know if they did, but they had said they had scheduled a coffee date to just oh, go hang out outside wait. the podcast. So that made my heart like super, super awesome. No kidding. So if you're looking for a community to kind of surround yourself in, man, the Patreon page is a great place to do that. Link is in the show notes. Uh, the Facebook group is also a place where you can do that as well. That is also in the show notes. But today, today we're going to be having a very candid conversation about all of the emotions, good and bad, and just relational things, like kind of dark sides that people can find. And, and so, you know, weddings are so stressful that sometimes like things that are buried deep inside of people, these emotions come out. So we're going to have a talk, a very candid talk, just about what you can expect throughout the wedding planning process and maybe even a little on the wedding day. I don't know. We don't really, we just want to have this talk. So let's just kind of see where this goes. What do you think, Ashley? I love it. I love it. I, I, while I really love the um, amount of information and value that people get immediately upon an episode, I miss the conversations sometimes. Yeah. You know, so we're just going to, we're just going to dive into this one. And uh, we've had a couple really good information-based episodes, and we're just going to see where this one takes us. So I want to start off by talking about kind of what happens when you get married or when you get engaged. Okay. So the proposal happens. 
And typically, like we talk about a lot of the happiness that comes yeah. out of engagements. Yeah. But you know, there's a reality that not everyone is happy sometimes when engagements kind of happen. I'm like, the, the they should be happy they're getting engaged. You mean like family members. I mean family members, friends, no, sometimes yeah. like best friends. Yeah, best uh, friends like I don't like or, him bride or, or the groom. Like, yeah, like they, they don't, they're not happy about it. Um, and again, this isn't everyone, but this does happen sometimes. Or like mothers being like, this is not going to last. Yeah. I'm specifically thinking of an instance of someone that I know where they are um, wanting to propose to the person that they love and they are in agreement that they both love each other, want to get married, um, but they know they're not going to get the blessing, air quotes. And Seriously. so they're kind of at a standstill at what to do. Like, uh, like that, the, that the family's not, not going to approve. And so they're like, well, we're going to move forward regardless, but how do we, how do we handle this? Well, family plays like such an important role in, I think a lot of like inner voices and oh, yeah, totally. you're, you know, you make a decision and you're like, well, what are they going to think? What are, yeah. what's so-and-so going to think? And I think, I believe, unless maybe through therapy that can be worked through, but recently I know somebody who has done a no contact with a family member. No way. And it has like a, like a legal thing. No. Like They've just basically set the boundary up, like, do not contact. Cut me. a contact, yeah. Okay. And it's been freeing for their mind to, wow. and it was during a season of like personal growth. And during that season of space, the, like, how can I word this? Yeah, during yeah, no, I can. <laughs> during this season, I can tell you're just trying to be just you know respect their privacy, but uh -huh. also share the situation. Yeah. So during the season of space, they realized that they had a lot of the voices in their heads of the people closest to them in their family, and that they didn't ever feel like they could like authentically be themselves, and. Gosh, that's hard. From doing a no contact, which this is not at all even what I'm recommending. Um, but from doing a no contact, they've gotten some clarity and realized like what they needed and what they wanted and what's good for them. And I think that's an extreme way of handling things, obviously. But I do think there is something to trying to like push those voices out of your head a little bit you yeah. know what I mean and like yeah. be able to be like well I want to get married and they want to get married so we are getting married regardless of what other people think you know yeah oh 100% like there has to be it, it's hard though because well, like there's also uh, a, a layer of why does it nobody approve well and I don't know that that's necessarily the topic that we're going down but well, we're just we're just talking about just the emotions that kind of come out with this. I tend to think that people can move past if a sibling or if a um, friend, best friend doesn't. They're like, well, doesn't. you're just going to get over it. That's fine. And the best it friend really, yeah, will get over it. It really hits the hardest when it's from a parent or a guardian, someone that's raised you. So maybe you don't have your parents in your life, but like a grandparent or you have, excuse me, someone else that raised you. And so for whatever reason they're not comfortable with the situation, blah, blah, blah. We don't know everything. 
Here's why I think all of these emotions come out around this is because as humans, we are so good at compartmentalizing our emotions and like stuffing them. And a an engagement or a wedding is an event that brings oh. two people to this point where massive change is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like there's lifestyles are going to change. I mean, at maybe uh, a, you or your partner is living with their parents or for whatever reason, and things are going to change. And so people don't like change. And I think it triggers like this fight or flight mode in them to where then they have to, like they can no longer stuff because now they're thinking marriage equals eternity. It's permanent. I have to voice my opinions now. You know, it's the whole speak now or forever hold your peace. And so I think that's why like, people are so much more loose with their emotions. Like they're not trying to hold them in and they're just like saying things or doing things willy nilly. Again, thinking of parents, maybe not being as careful with how they're trying to phrase things or say things. I don't know if, if any of that makes sense to you. Well, I think you're right that parents in particular are the ones who have kind of the strongest opinions. And the example that we used early on is not being approved, like not approving the engagement or the marriage. Yeah. But they're like a bunch of other layers. Like maybe it's not that. And maybe it's that they're just not approving the way that you want to get married. Sure. Or they're not. I mean, there's different levels. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's the extreme of, I think this person is a bad human and I think that you should not be with them. I just get very bad vibes all the way to on the lower end as like, Hey guys, this just feels really soon. You know, you guys have known each other a couple months. Like, we would feel more comfortable if you guys gave this some time to play out. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe that's a level three or something. Yeah. But you know, like, and there's everything in between and everything before that. There's so many layers. Yeah. There are so many things that happen, but I think with parents, it's that they also, and we've, we talk about this a lot, but they also have this expectation of what they want for this day. Cause this day does represent so many things. And again, that this is like a level thing. Because there's the level of they don't necessarily care about the day, but they care about the person and you. And they're like, I want you to be happy and I don't think this is a good idea for you. And then there's the layer of I want, I picture this for your wedding. I picture this for your wedding. There's the word. And I want this for your wedding. Basically, like it's their wedding. And I think of like guests in this way get the guest list and parents wanting to invite certain people or we've kind of skirted around this earlier um before recording parents not being invited because the couple's gonna elope and that's a decision that the couple is making and it's bringing out the emotions in the parents to express how they feel where maybe normally they're not expressing that like you know that you maybe they don't agree that you should move to virginia but they would just keep it to themselves because it's your life but when it comes to like such a monumental day that they perceive as your wedding day right they their opinions come out like they like can't hold it back because like maybe you you can take the moving to virginia away yeah. You can take that decision back and you can come home. But you like, ch- I mean, and you can, you can you, change you can the get marriage a divorce, thing too. But, but there's a lot of like, I will say, and I've talked to you about this, Ashley. There's, there's a deep motivation. 
I think is what there's I mean. a yeah like you can't yeah, redo no, the wedding right, yeah. I mean you can with a vow renewal anyways you get the semantics at that point but <laughs> I've talked to you about this before in the past Ashley but like a, so many of my motivations like what motivates me when it comes to our children is protection and making sure that they're as safe as can be uh, oh. it like I am deeply motivated by protecting Sterling and Everly and I don't want any harm to come to them uh, obviously I know that I can't protect them from everything, but I'm going to try everything in my power too. And I think that there's a level of, and this is not all parents. There's like, there are great relationships where both parents are so happy for the set. I love seeing that. And I I do too. I do too. It is so wonderful to see when both sides are in agreement and when everyone is just like, everyone feels good about this couple. Not that you need that, but there is a different energy that comes when Everyone is supporting it. And I think that's what a lot of people want. Some people are like, whatever, who cares? I don't need you. I'm going to do my own thing, which that's fine too. Um, But I think that this level of protection comes out with parents that like, hey, I perceive there to be a threat or danger or something that is going to cause you physical, emotional, uh, financial troubles. And I want to protect you from that. Now, parents don't know everything. They have no ability of knowing everything. That is where I think a lot of that motivation comes from to yeah. maybe say things I think you're right. that might might hurt your feelings, uh, might sting, you know, might not feel as supportive as it comes from that vein. Not trying to justify it by any means, but like that's where I believe that to come from. No, I complete. I don't. I think you're correct. And maybe if you're, if we switch our mindset with that, it can again we can give them a little bit more grace with the crassness of the comments that we hear about, you know, oh gosh, I can't say that. <laughs> you, uh, no, it looked like it was going to be good. It was, it was, it was, it's too personal. Okay. Um, we don't have to do that. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to it. So, so like, anyways, let's, I can, I'm, let's, yeah. let's pivot. Okay. So these are some emotions that can come out from parents. Let's talk about some emotions that can come out with like, I'm thinking everyone or not even just emotions, but just like the side of people where they become like vomiting all of their wedding thoughts. Like do this, do that, do this. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. My brother and his um, not yet fiance, but girlfriend, uh, they're talking about getting married very soon, like June. Oh this my gosh. June. Yeah. And they're trying to do things their way, which is great. We're all about that. But I, I noticed this. So they were talking about wedding details uh, in the kitchen. And my brother was like, hey, what if we sat down with Chris and Lara and talked about, uh, I don't know, we just picked our brains a little bit and just kind of got some insights. You know, like Chris does a podcast, they're wedding photographers. And I, at, how much do we talk and preach on this podcast about like, like, hey, you don't need to give your opinions to other people. Like all the time. I immediately, immediately was like, oh, you could do this. You could do this. Unsolicited advice. Unsolicited advice. So it was unsolicited, but he didn't didn't ask for it. Well, my brother asked for it. She did not ask for it. And and so uh, Lara ends up telling me like, 
she I mean very she kind of made me mad but she was like Chris stop like she doesn't care and then but she got my she didn't say she doesn't care but it got my attention and I was like oh okay whatever and then I left the room and I stopped and I was like oh my god like she definitely didn't wasn't asking for my opinion and I totally just like almost started stormed like her word with- vomiting yeah and just started okay sharing all of my opinions and I know this I'm aware of this Yet it's, it, it just happened. I and I started say. thinking like, holy crap, for our brides, it's probably a million times worse when they get all of these things, when people start telling them what to do. But then not only that, because those, those are kind of exciting. Like they their ideas are getting pushed out there. But then when you start sharing your ideas, now everyone has a critique on it. Yeah. And not and, all of those responses are good. Well, and you, it happening to you and you doing it firsthand to your brother just makes me think like, if you do it while you're aware, how much does somebody who's unaware? Yeah, I'm literally just kind of working through this. That's the great. I cannot believe that happened. Yeah. Well, and I think it's because Andrew. And so granted, now had my brother asked me this when it was just him and I, it wouldn't there would have been nothing wrong with me doing that. But he asked me on behalf of her and she had never asked for my opinion. And I started to look at her facial expressions as the conversation was going on. And because then my mom jumps in and she was like, oh, well, I can cook and I can do this and I can do that. And I'm like, oh, my God, bad idea. No, red alert, red alert, blah, blah, blah. You know, we talk about this all the time. I didn't say anything because I'm going to have a conversation privately with my brother about it. Uh, And he can choose to do whatever he wants. But I could see her face going literally like... I could see her zoning out and wanting to be anywhere but there in, in that, that situation con- <gasps> because she already knew what she wanted. Yep. We didn't need, she didn't need our input. So because now she's getting that, other people's ideas and she's getting guilt, potentially feeling guilty or that she's not going to go that route because she already knows yeah. what she wants. I mean, how is she going to look at her mother-in-law and tell her, no, I don't want you to cook for us. How like, you- right. How do you, I wouldn't be How able do you to do say that? that? How do you do that? I mean, th- you, you can, you'd be very upfront, but it's Or I like, could say, I want you to be present. Be present that day. Yeah. But if she, you know, she's not aware of that. So that's something that comes out. You know, we talk about that, that like, you know, you get the good and the ugly, you know, you get the good, the bad, the ugly that come out where people are sharing what they perceive to be their good ideas and overwhelming them with you unsolicited advice. And then you share what you truly want. And then maybe it's not received well. Yeah. Well, that's where I am with this and maybe people can relate in some fashion, but the elopement. Yeah. So if the couple wants to elope, they want to do things their way. They want to elope like they're introverted and don't want to be the center of attention, neither of them. And so they just want to go get married, but maybe they still want it like that. It's like if I were to get married in my backyard because my backyard is special to me. And so I want to get married there, but I'm like, but I don't want anybody there. Okay. Right. I don't want anybody there. And my parents are like, but we are right here. Like you're telling me I can't come. I'm right here. I'm literally at a loss for what I believe is the right thing. Right. Because on one side you see like you have, and I'm using you in this hypothetical situation. Like you have what you want. And then you have what your parents want, but you deeply want it to go one way, but you also see and understand why they want to be there. It feels like an impossible choice. Impossible. impossible. And it feels like a lose-lose either way, because if you do what you're like, you're not doing what you want. 
you know, and what your heart and maybe, you know, hopefully you and your partner both are in agreement with. Exactly. That was another thing too. Ooh, this would have, this is interesting. Um, and I don't think my brother would care, but, uh, cause they've worked through it, but you there was a point where, too. Uh, I don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a point where he was telling me that they were facing, um, they were just having a big, big point of conflict is that they thought they were on the same, same page with what they wanted yeah, and they weren't. Ooh. And so now they, they had to like, wait, that's to normal. Work work through that and navigate through that because my brother actually he is like me he does have opinions he's not like you know some grooms they don't care he has some opinions now there are some layers to this story with like personal things that like would make this wedding more important to one of them but it it it's just it it gets complicated and so he has some deep desires she has some things she doesn't care about um and they're trying to navigate all that but then when they had the light bulb moment, they're like, oh, wait a minute. We're not aligned in what we want. Like, we have to figure this out. I thought you wanted this. No, no, I wasn't saying that. I, I want this. Well, I don't know if I want that. So the, now they're trying to have to work through Build that foundation that. again. Build their why. What is their yeah. why? Which I think that that probably comes out when people start talking about weddings, right? Like, again, going back to the emotions, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll ju- we're just going to play stereotypes here. Sometimes, a lot of the time, the guy... In a in a heterosexual that, a, heterosexual relationship, the guy typically is more financially like maybe a stickler, maybe a little more like ah, I don't want to spend the money on that, or I just don't see the value in spending the money on that. Again, stereotypes. Uh, and while maybe the lady is not, she doesn't. She she's like wants to do what she wants to do, and she sees the value in these things where maybe the other partner doesn't, and so then there can be big fights with like, well, I don't want to like get married like on your parents' property. Yeah, that's a really why can't why can't our cousin just take? He's got a camera. Like why can't he just take photos. the photos? Yeah, that's all of that difficult because there's another point. I mean, because that is a value, and they're so then there's like they're frustrated and. It's hard to communicate like your walls can instantly go up whenever you feel like I that's how I handle things like and it's mm-hmm. not great. Like when Justin and I are coming to a disagreement, he can be the more hard headed one. And I'm the one that kind of like will sit down and just like get silent and like, OK, I'll cave. I'll just cave. And then he's like, we need to communicate about this and get on the same page. Otherwise, you're not actually reaching a resolve. So whenever these moments of conflict happen in wedding planning, even with your partner or your family member, like, I don't think we can say this enough, but like, it's communicating and getting to the bottom of it, like not skirting around the issue and also knowing that it it might not be the issue you're actually fighting about. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You know, that's good. Like you're fighting about the photographer, but the deep issue is the money, you know? Well, and you know that sometimes like people call off the wedding during wedding planning because of how they were treated or responded to or they didn't feel like they were heard and then you know people start thinking like wow if I'm not heard during this am I going to be heard during the marriage you know like all of these things and so it's just like wedding planning is this season that it, you're it, it, it's so stressful it's almost like you go in this like this expedited process of like experiencing lots of arguing and fights and lots of emotions. And it's like this pressure cooker that if you lean into it and allow it. And like you said, like resolve issues, 
it can be really, really good and strengthening for the relationship, which will serve you better in marriage. But sometimes people crumble crumble under that. Yeah, I think that there's got to be some like coach or course or maybe it's this is a planner, like where a planner comes in where they're like your mediator while you're in the middle of figuring because you might just be going in blind. Like I'm just thinking like when you're going into wedding planning and you're so excited and you're like, I'm going to go try dresses on today, but you haven't even considered budget yet or considered like all these other steps that should happen pre your wedding dress, which maybe that's not like the best example, but you haven't considered your budget. And so you're going into the dress because you're excited and this is fun and this is great. But the foundation hasn't been and there's If there's like a coach or somebody that can literally be like, here's what we're going to do first, because this is going to prevent future conflict. You know what I mean? That would be so valuable. Like an order of things to do. And like, if only there was a state, like, could you imagine if like states got on board with like at your marriage license signing, like they gave you all of this, these resources that were like, Hey, here's this podcast, the bridal breakdown podcast. You're going to want to listen to it. You're going to start at blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm just kidding about that. But like if they had a resource that was like exactly everything you just said, all of that, here's what to be aware of. Here's the order. You should do things that we recommend, blah, blah, blah. Obviously you do things for mental way, health, like for mental also, health. Also, have yeah. you noticed this is like a little bit of a trail, but how important mental health has become like uh, in the conversations in the last, I don't know. I've even noticed a huge shift in the last like couple of years that yeah, like the last everybody couple of years. is talking about it. Like it is health. It is not just yeah. your mental health. Like your mental health is your health. Yeah. Well, there's just so many, I feel like for whatever reason now, you know, we're kind of, we're not the biggest fans of big pharma. Like just like Justin pers- literally tells me this all the time in in this, in the aspect of like, take a pill, this will help you feel better yeah. in that aspect. I you want know, the obviously root. there, there is medical li- validity in so much of medical treatments, but 100%. in America, we're often take this pill, you'll feel better or whatever. And so I think people are coming around to like, I'm not feeling better. I've been taking these pills and I don't feel better. Actually, I feel even worse or I feel numb. And so people are looking to other ways by maybe changing their diet, their lifestyle. People are starting to realize like, wow, it's not healthy for me to work 80 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. Like people are burning out and they're having to people address things. People are burning out. That's Dude, new. It's rampant, man. And and it's and it's becoming mainstream to talk about it. Yeah. Which makes me feel like, you know, there has been there have been many people that have been having this conversation for years and years and years. People are finally so listening. When I'm thinking that something finally comes mainstream, I'm like, mm, well, what's the other thing that's ahead of this? Like, how can I figure out what that is? I part saying, I'll tell you what it is. What? It's psychedelics, psilocybin. No, I'm kidding. Are you though? I mean, I don't know, maybe. I kind of I'm gonna be honest, I've totally looked into them. And have I'm you like, watched Fantastic Fungi? No. It's a Netflix documentary where they talk about psilocybin. Yeah. Uh and its effects on the brain. Anyways, that's all other is that legal in the United States? Or is that it's legal in to- Oregon. Okay. Yeah, because I was looking for a United States one that does like microdosing or something. Yeah, microdosing actually. So Lara has told me she tells me all the time, like I want to go to Oregon because. So Oregon, I mean, oh yeah, because everything is legal in Oregon. Nothing, yeah, nothing is. But legal. it's very recently become legal, right? To actually use it at, in treatment, to where you have a Pro- medical like a professional 
Yes, that not only assigns you a dosage, walks you through it as you quote unquote trip, although mm-hmm. you're not tripping. Mm-hmm. It's it's used to unlock, yeah. you know, subconscious yeah. memories and things like that. I so anyways, that maybe I'm not kidding. Maybe that is what is the next wave. I mean, things. I think it's becoming more mainstream. I literally was like, okay, so I have to go to Cuba. I was like, I don't know that I want to <laughs> go to Cuba to do this. I got to go to Nicaragua. <laughs> it also scares yeah. the crap out of me. I was like, oh, me too. All of us dare kids. Like, don't do drugs. Okay, which, fine. Although, I'm petrified. There's a difference between doing crystal meth and, and taking, you know, mushrooms. Psilocybin. Which, okay, is, is sh- are shrooms, is that what that is? Uh-huh. Psilocybin? Yeah. That's yep. just the fancy word for shrooms? Yeah, I have a friend who gets a hold of them. <laughs> all the Yeah, he has his ways. And so... He swears up and down that his life has changed. He actually like resolved a lot of deep internal hurts yeah. and had so many like his life has changed. Yeah. Uh, now he's not like I guess these were moments where he's done them in like in moments of like crisis in his life. Yeah. Well, so. the it, the Goop episode that I watched was absolutely phenomenal, and it was less on microdosing. I don't I think, and it was like more on like we are going to do a session or whatever. Oh, like kind of like ayahuasca, but not that. Yeah. But it's like this guided, like, hey, you're it, not just doing this alone. There's like yes. a professional. Yes. So anyway, it scares the crap out of me. I love how like, I don't know how the hell we ended up here, but <laughs> I... <laughs> we started talking about mental health becoming more mainstream. Oh, oh okay. That's right. Um, no, that the idea of that scares the crap out of me because of D.A.R.E. Because we're D.A.R.E. kids. And do I literally... What did D.A.R.E. stand for? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I should. I'm gonna look that. it up. I, ha- I have. I to think it's it on up. the shirt. Um, it, oh, is it really? I want to say it's on the shirt. It's like D period A period R period what E period. What does dare stand? But for? like drugs are. That's my guess. Drugs. Drug are. abuse resistance education. Oh, okay, that sounds familiar now. Doug abuse. Drug, drug abuse. abuse resistance. So I, I had a dare education. thing. This is so freaking random. I saw or heard a uh, story that one of the people was telling um like the instructor and i'm like in fifth grade and it, this has stuck with me that core memory they did that it was like somebody who did some psychedelic i don't know what it's probably like lsd or something and they did some psychedelic and they got in the shower and there were spiders crawling out of the drain and then coming out of the spigot and ever since then Anytime somebody brings them brings it up, I'm like, nope, nope, nope. That is not for They're me. Like, hey, I Ashley, do not want some LSD. Spiders. You're like spiders, spiders, spiders. No spiders everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Look even. at that. America's drug resistance abuse education is like working. It's stuck with you in core memory. It has 100. That has 100% stuck with me. 100% so stuck with me. Funny. Yeah. So, but. But I'm trying to, there's like some podcasts on um, like microdosing and stuff and how it helps yeah. mental health and just all the things in that realm. And I've been toying with the idea of listening to it, <laughs> like trying to oh, you're just like, that e, that's like your first step is like, let me, let, let me, me just, entertain just the idea <laughs> potentially of, of listening, of just listening. listening. Let me entertain. But, <laughs> but I've been thinking about that's that for funny, like six man. months and I still have not listened because I'm just thinking okay. about spiders. Well, your homework is to listen to one of those. Oh my gosh. So funny. You have homework. 
But all of this, I mean, we'll we'll kind of pivot back to the main conversation now. But I was I was thinking about just all of the crap that comes along with with this wedding planning. Okay, so we've talked about that. Yeah. But then there's lots of good things that like happen. And I feel like there's more, the more intentional you are, the more good outcomes you have. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, like if you leave it to chance and just let things play out the way that they do without being intentional with your wedding planning decisions, how you handle conversations, how you create your guest list. Love that. It's probably a lot less likely that the good things are going to happen and you're probably going to experience more of those negative emotions. If you just let. If you just let things play out, like, yeah. and you had never, you know. Well, it's like if you wake up on a, a Sunday with no plan, all of a sudden it's like the nighttime and you're like, wow, I did nothing but scrolled on TikTok. <laughs> you're like, hey, that's kind of fun too, but, but you're you like, I also, I, I wanted to, to clean do, out the garage. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the good things that like people can find themselves in? Oh, wait, I have one more bad thing I just thought of. Okay. So, see, it's just so natural. What about like two families like mixing together? So you have two family cultures that come together and maybe one family, like they get together every single Saturday. Like they do it every Saturday. They get together and dad, you know, makes his famous kielbasa. I don't know, whatever. He cooks his thing and they just eat it together all the time. And like, now you're coming into that family, you know, as, as the son or as the daughter-in-law and like, you have to participate. Like you have to participate, you have to be there. And it's like, I hate kielbasa. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do that. But and, now but you're it's like happening every single, every freaking week. Yeah. Or, or maybe there's just, that's just one example. Maybe there's other things that like, you know, I have to do these things now. Like this is my life. Well, that's that, like a rewiring or like, yes. You start to, to realize I'm not just marrying this person. I'm marrying their family. Mm-hmm. I think that's when that gets real. Yeah. And I think there's like the compromise needs to happen to an extent that you have your life, like your separate life. Yeah. And, but then also at the same time, trying to rethink and instead of like thinking, oh, I don't want to do this. It's like, I am grateful that I have a spouse who has a supportive family. And then like just saying that every single time I'm you're going to say that. it till I believe it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then eventually you're like, like, cause those things work. Like that yeah. works, like reframing and that's, yeah, that's gratitude. like re- trying to rewire your mind yeah. so that it becomes like you're trying to drive in a deeper neural yeah. pathway. So that, anyways, well, my brother and I was thinking about that because, uh, again, my brother is going to be getting married and his girlfriend, not yet fiance, he's going to propose soon, is was at the house and she was at the house all weekend because my mom, my sister, and my grandma were in town. I love my my nana. She is amazing. She's so fun. She's so funny. Uh, I can be so inappropriate and say the most inappropriate things with her. Like we were eating out in the backyard last night. And I don't remember what happened, but I ended up screaming fuck as loud as I could just because I could because my nana was there and she would disapprove, but also not like she would laugh about it and it, it's just one of those things. So uh, my brother's girlfriend showed my Nana a picture of a penis blanket and my Nana, it was like cartoon penises mm-hmm. and my Nana just thought it was the funniest thing ever. And she just laughed and laughed, was making all these jokes. Well, anyways, at the end of the night, uh, my, my brother's girlfriend was like, I really love your family. Like they're so amazing. Aww. And I'm just so thankful that I'm going to be a part of it of a, of a great family. And so there are those moments too. Like there are those good moments where like you, 
hopefully we'll experience moments where you're like, I'm going to get to be a part of this family. And there are good things that happen. Yeah. I've totally had those thoughts. Like the, the moments of like, I, I remember my brother, whenever Justin and I got married on the day of our wedding, he gave Justin a, a hug and he was like, his brother's is mine. Okay, your brother. Yeah. He gave Justin a hug and he was like, I finally have a brother. And like, Aww. it was the cutest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That's so awesome. And there's just like little baby, there's like huge moments, of course, huge happy yeah. moments that happen with weddings. Like, huge. Like, that was still like, I mean, that's my favorite day. Man, and it's making me tear up a little bit. Yeah, that's so sweet. It was so sweet. But then there's those little micro moments too that you get and that you wouldn't get otherwise. Like, you get to have that little moment with your brother. You get to have that moment that you, you know, potentially dance with your dad or that. Or even the moments in planning, you, your the mom is there planning, and yeah. she, I'm going to go movie here, Hollywood, but like she sees you in your dress and she kind of gets choked up a little bit. She's when like, you're trying That's it the on. One. And you know, when you're trying it on and that thing, like there are so many great moments that happen as well. I think just as humans, we sometimes gravitate towards the negative especially me. I'm like, I feel like I'm stuck in that mode sometimes, but those moments are there. We just have to look for them. And so, yes, there are so many shitty negative emotions that come out of people, but there's also moments of beauty, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think something you mentioned and touched on earlier was burnout and burnout's happening a lot in the workplace, but I kind of also think there is a layer of it that happens in wedding planning and interesting maybe I like not so extreme right because burnout's like burnout's real and it's not that i'm saying like burnout in wedding planning isn't real um wedding is just a sliver like wedding planning becomes kind of a sliver of your life where work is like a chunk um yeah but it can sometimes become your identity being a planning bride and that's all you think about and i think to combat that burnout or prevent that burnout from happening to where you get to the point where you're like, if one more person talks about, talks to me about my wedding, I'm going to break down. I cannot do it. I think genuinely keeping your wedding and being a bride from becoming all of you will not only protect you, but it will protect your relationships. It will protect your I mean, really you, your sanity, like that's the most important. If you're not showing up for yourself or taking care of yourself, um, then it's hard for you to navigate a that burnout situation, but also the emotions that other people bring onto you in regards to your wedding because you're not filling yourself up. Like take a pause from a wedding, take care of yourself, feed yourself nutritious foods, like go for a walk, get some vitamin D do a nighttime routine, like all the things. So you, so you're basically saying like, people can lose themselves themselves in wedding planning, which is we hear this sometimes too. Like after the wedding, people are like, "Well, now what do I do?" Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the same thing with like parents when their kids move out. They go, "Well, now what do I do?" Because they spent 18 years neglecting their marriage. Yeah, you know, like that kind of thing. It's like, well, now you're married. And now you have a relationship that should have been getting watered a little bit every day. But now that plant is like struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that there's no shame. It please don't hear any shame in that phrase. Like it's real life. It happens. Things happen. But like you are more than just a bride who is planning her wedding. You're also more than just a wife. You're more than just 100%. a fiance. You're more than just a mom. 
You're more than just a dad. You're you. And I think that we can like kind of be all encompassing in one thing and then feel and then like kind of fail in other all the other areas of ourselves that are actually like watering that plant. And that's something, you know, you're going back to. That was beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was beautiful. I think that that goes back to like people are starting to realize that concept more and more. Like, same. I think it's I mean, the most common me. in the workplace. Like, yeah. I am fill in job title. Like, and then when people don't have that anymore or that's affected, which is why COVID was so big for people's mental health, because for some people, they lost their job. Some people, their job was changed. But either way, in America, we find our identity in what we do and not in who we are. And so when there's silence, when there's moments of silence, when there's moments of not busy, we forget who we are. And so you have to stay grounded in things that you enjoy, things that fill your cup. Um, That could be hobbies. That could be uh, serving others, Um, you know, being kind, doing good things, loving people like you. But even though that's about like others, like, if that fills your cup and that is a big part of your identity, then like you are a giving, loving person. Hell yeah, do that. Do Hell that yeah. stuff. But Hell also yeah. it's okay to be a little selfish too. Yeah. Like you have to take care of you too. Absolutely. Whatever makes you happy. I think the way that this really ties into our earlier conversation really is if you're not taking care of you, nurturing yourself and who you are and what you love and being an, an individual, then you're not going to be able to show up for all of those positive and negative emotions that are occurring throughout this journey. Oh my God. That is a perfect tie in. Yeah. Like if you are not okay and you have not taken care of yourself, like as she was saying, you're eating, you're feeding your body, nutritious foods. That doesn't mean you can't have a cheeseburger. I'm talking about you're actually, for number one, let's just start eating because so many of us are so busy, we forget to even eat meals. And That's been me for like day. three days. Uh, because, yeah. of <laughs> because of your, me. Because of you. Because of my... I have like, we I ate a, a banana yesterday. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I was, I, it's because I was having fun. So I just like wasn't yeah. eating. Ashley did our whole rebrand. If you want to go check it out, tiny plug, go look at it on Instagram. Oh, I need to upgrade our Instagram handle in the... Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, it'll take now, up less characters. Yeah, it's at Chris and Lara. We officially did a rebrand. Go look at all of the amazing work that Ashley did. Okay, back to the conversation. Um, You have to, like, you will be better equipped to handle some of those negative emotions that come out. Even positive ones. irritable, though, too. Yeah. That's something we have, like, irritability. so good. That makes you so, A, difficult to deal with yourself, but also kind of difficult to deal with others like we've all had those moments of irritability women we go through that a lot of us during our like monthly cycle and I'm irritable and terrible a few days before and like I plan my freaking life around it because I just know that I'm not easy but if I'm not feeding myself and nourishing myself and I'm drained and burned out and tired and overwhelmed and I don't have I'm a lot more irritable you've had six ounces of water over the course of three days. Yeah. Like, that's that's not a good thing. Literally. So that was a really good point. Like, and maybe that's the solution, you know, like you, the bottom line is things are going to happen in this process. There are going to be some not great emotions that come out of people for whatever reason. And it's probably not even about those things that you feel like you're arguing about. There's probably some deeper rooted things there. If it's coming from parents, there might be some fear there. Of uh, We talk about this all the time. They are transitioning as well from being the primary 
uh, caretakers in your life too. And not that your partner is now going to be your caretaker, but you are doing life with them. Like you are officially out from under their roof. Yeah. Your parents, you've been living out. Your parents, I feel like almost are just like, like, I don't know. It takes a little it's while. It's like a chapter that, that, that ends. When I got married, cause like Justin and I were together for like seven years and living together for like five or six before we got married. And, but I feel like since we've gotten married, I truly rely on my parents less. Like, I realized the other day, I was like, what? Because, oh, Mur- Murphy, my dog, um, yeah. we just took her to the vet and she has a lump and she's got cancer. That's very sad. Yeah, but we're, things are hopefully going to be okay. But I called my mom and that was a situation where, you know, that's like maybe the first time this whole time that I was like, um, since we've to. been married that I need, I kind of called her in and I'm like, I can't afford whatever the heck this cancer treatment is going to be. Like, can you... Yeah can you help me? And like, I know not everybody has that. And, but other than like, I just realized and what I if bet I d- Deb was there with a smile. She's like, I got you. Oh, she, oh, she, she co-owns my dog. Literally <laughs> like legally she co-owns. She's her. like our baby. Yes. Anything for yeah, our she's baby. Like, yeah, exactly. She's like, that's she's ours. But anyways, like you realize, I don't know. I guess that, that moment made me realize how little I've actually kind of called on her since getting married. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That might have yeah. been a little too off, but I no, just No, no, that makes that makes sense. I mean, it it does tie in. Like, it's a big adjustment for your parents, and so the more you take care of yourself, the better you will be equipped to handle all of the negative emotions, but also the positive ones too, because you could easily miss a positive emotion if your mindset is stuck in this negative gear because you are not in a good space. Yeah. It's so easy to miss moments of gratitude. So, we know this was a random episode. So random. But I enjoyed this conversation, Ashley, and and I hope everyone else does as well. Uh, if you found any big takeaways from this, man, we'd love to hear them. You can you can message us on Instagram. You can shoot us a message on Facebook. And let us know how uh, it feels. The Facebook group, yeah, and you can just let us know how it feels. Uh, if you want more of these off the cuff conversations that are less structured. Um, you know, we'd love to start incorporating these in every now and then they're, they're just easy. They're not as like, here's the problem. Here's the solution. Mm-hmm. Here's your homework, you know, and just a little like, just breathe and just, mm-hmm. just chill. If you guys like some of these and would like them weaved in a little bit more, let us know. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening this week. And we cannot wait to sit with you again next week. <laughs> <laughs>